founders, you're always busy. You're multitasking. You never have enough time. You never have enough resources. And so as you think about bringing people on board, well, it's easy to think about hiring the best. Just find that expert. And the first one that walks into your door like a bright, shiny coin, they're the one you're going to hire. Well, that is almost always a recipe for disaster. So today we're going to talk the art and science of talent acquisition, how to do it right and how not to do it wrong. Today on the podcast. Welcome to the Founders Place Podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. Now here's your host, Todd Wills. Todd Wills. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to have Will Stanny on. Will has been at a number of companies, um, Twilio and Glassdoor, Success Factors, VMware and SAP before going off on his own and founding Proactive Talent. Will's superhero strength is his innate ability is helping organizations to figure out how to have a talent solution, how to think about talent, how to think about people. What happens for most of us is we think about just hiring that next person, that next right person that's going to fit in. And you do one of those, two of those, and 10 of those, and 20 of those. The next thing you know, you've got a problem on your hands. You've got a culture that's developed that hasn't been architected, hasn't been designed. You've got a marketing strategy. You've got a financial strategy. You've got a business development strategy. You don't have a people strategy. So let's sit back, take a listen as Will walks us through talent and people. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have Will with us today. Will, as is per usual on the podcast, who are you and why the heck are you here? Uh, my name is Will Stain and i um, the founder uh, and principal consultant at Proactive Talent, uh, also the co-founder of Talent Brand Alliance, which is a community for uh, employer branding uh, practitioners. Well, perfect. All right. So uh, one could guess that be based on your background, your company, uh, we're going to be talking today about talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good guess. All right. So, you know, one of the things we had talked a, a little bit about in the prep was uh, really helping founders think through talent. And we had this, you know, you called it being reactive, right? This problem you're solving that's right in front of you. And then what happens after you've solved that and you now have an organization around you? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, and this is very natural. Um, anybody who starts a business, they do it because they have this great idea. And, they're, and people who are great entrepreneurs and great founders, they are very narrowed in on accomplishing that goal of, of, of pushing out that product or making that certain impact. And um, everything else that gets in the way, like buying an office, getting furniture, the bookkeeping, getting finance, your financial model built out and things like that. That's sort of things that happen to you along the way of that journey that you just have to tackle reactively. And for a lot of business owners, um, hiring is one of those necessary evils, those things that kind of uh, get in the way or slow you down from a goal. Um, but the way I try to get founders to look at it is that, no, that is the fuel. That is the only way to accomplish your goal is through other people. You can't do it all on your own, right? Um, and so um, how to get them to think proactively about not just the company they are right now in that day and that product launch they need to do, but um, what is the company they want to become? What, who do they want to be three, five years from now, you know? Who do they want to be, not just now when they're 25 people, but when they're 150 people? Uh, and, and 
if you don't do that, what happens is uh, you wake up when you're 125 people or uh, 300 people and you look up and there's a culture that you had really no part in, in, in deciding what it would be. And it may be a culture that you don't like um, or, you know, and, and so when you think about, when you think proactively about your, your talent and you, um, you put a, a strategy together and you really define your values um, and your culture and the mission that you're on. Um, and then you infuse that, those values and that mission into everything you do. Um, the language that you speak to customers, um, the, the language that you use when you talk about working at the company, uh, when you're talking about the culture at your company, what happens is um, you're able to really control and become that culture in that company that you want to be. Well, and I love what you said about the the concept of fuel, right? That having these people around you is the fuel to help you be successful. And it's not necessarily just about the product. It's about having this ecosystem of people that help drive this thing forward. So let's, let's scratch on the reactive piece a little bit in this sort of waking up one day and having this culture around you. So I, I think... I think most people would intuitively understand that and agree with that, right? That if I'm not paying attention to it someday, it'll just be something that this multi-headed hydra that I don't have control over. Um, but if for a founder who's thinking about right, every day there's this new challenge, that might be something that they would think of, that's a problem I'll deal with two or three years down the road. How have you helped work with them to help them actually think about this as, this is something I need to start solving today and putting into practice today as I start hiring people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's the part that's starting to change. I think they're seeing some of these horror, horror stories, you know, right. with Uber and other companies. And um, the thing is, is, and I work with a lot of companies that maybe they weren't, you know, kind of proactive about that. And they're now five, 600 or 1500 employees. And what they have to do is they have to fix broken cultures. And that's actually a lot harder. Um, if you already have sort of an ingrained certain culture and you're trying to pivot as a company, and that could be by, in product, in culture, and whatever, and maybe you're changing out your mineral management layer or whatever, it's a lot harder. The change management involved is harder, but we, we help companies do that too. Um, it's much easier, and I, and I kind of paint that picture for them. It, it, once you really define, just like they do with their with their business strategy, like they're, they're thinking, they have three and five year plans for their business and their financial goals. Um, the thing is, is, what they don't do is they don't walk it back far enough. You know, it's like they, they think about their product strategy and then they think about their, their uh, sales strategy and then their marketing strategy that, that, um, that fulfills that, right, and supports that. But the problem is, is they're not walking it back far enough and thinking about what's the people strategy that actually the people that are going to do that sales and do that yeah. marketing and do that product and, and the thing and, and what skill sets do are they going to need? Um, because what, what typically happens is you go to a startup and that first 50 people, it's like, uh, you know, it, it becomes like a family and it, this culture is super ingrained and then it, it, it passes on. And then once you get to, and I've been, I, I was, uh, I led a town acquisition at, at, at Glassdoor and Twilio through big growth periods, pre IPO or acquisition. And, and something happens at a certain stage where, you have to make a shift and the people that you have that you have now are not the people you're going to need for the next phase. And the thing is, if you really plan that out right, you have the right people at the right time 
you know, when you need them. Um, and um, the way I kind of get founders to think about this is to think about the reasons why they do what they do and the bigger impact they want on their customers um, to be able to, a big thing that companies aren't able to do is, is toot their own horn when it comes to their culture. And, 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 and when you do that, you attract the, the type of people that not just have the skill sets that you need, but have the, the same excitement and passion around what you're doing as you do, then, then it's not just a job. And those people really do transformative things for your company. And you start hitting goals faster than you would before because you have other people who are super energized around what you're doing and are great. They have, they share the same vision and the same values. Um, when you can do that, that's when you start having the magic. That's when you, you see these companies that rise really fast and they're really successful. It's because they, they've actually have been done a good job of attracting in people who are equally enthusiastic about, about what you're doing. And so making them see that and then, and then really uh, design out what, what is our values? What, what, who do we want to be as a company? And then modeling a hiring process um, and strategy uh, around that. Well, and that was really cool hearing you talk about uh, establishing yourself, establishing your your brand, your cultural brand, right? And using that as a beacon to draw people in instead of just hiring for the skill set, yeah. using the culture of the company to be the thing that draws people in that have a like-minded set of values. Yeah, and it feeds both sides, right? Like the thing is, is your culture is a product that you, that you sell. It needs to be if it's not um, because um, – when you do that, the thing is, is that people start to see how you value your people and it forces you to actually think of your people more as a, a, your, your greatest asset because you need a good story to tell about working there and why people want to work there. And, and look, we, we have the lowest unemployment in what, 17 years or more. Um, we have, uh, you know, the economy is booming and there has never been a more competitive market like there is right now in tech. Um, and especially with a lot of our, our clients are in, uh, are in the Bay area and in these big tech sectors where it, they're literally the most competitive, uh, places in the world to find talent. And you have to stand out and talk about what's unique about yourself and find your tribe. And you can't, Find your tribe if you're not out there singing the song of your tribe. So <laughs> someone can hear that song and go, "Ooh, I like that tune. I want to sing with you." You know, it's it's and that's that's what's uniquely human about us all. Like we grew up in this, these tribal ways, right before modern times, and some of those things that attract us to groups and to communities, um, and even what's going on with social and digital, it all comes down to this this innate desire of us as human beings to find other people of like-minded vision and thought um, and a team to root for. Right. Um, and so companies have to be good at doing that too. It's not that way it used to be, which is like, you should be happy to be employed. You should be happy to have a job, you know, and I'm going to stay at this company until I get a gold watch in 40 years. Right. It's, that's not the world we live in anymore. It's about finding your tribe and finding a community of people who believe in it who are going to give you a good two to four years and then maybe they're probably going to move on to, 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 to do it again somewhere else. And, yeah. and that's okay. And to be okay with that and to be okay that some people are also going to be less than two, four years. They're going to be um, gig economy workers. They're going to be contractors that come in and they help you with a certain aspect and then they go on and they move on to something else. 
And, but, but building a culture that supports all that type of working is super important uh, in, in today's world. Well, and, and I think the lesson here is, um, in particular, what you were talking about here just a second ago, it's not so much about um, having people be grateful for the opportunity, right? If we look at the research and everything that's out there, it's all saying, especially with millennials and younger generations, they want purpose and meaning for the work that they do. And so just throwing money at them is no longer the solution. What you need to do is give them a sense of purpose and that purpose is going to drive where they go and help keep them there and help sustain them there. Exactly. There's a lot of really great talent that I know that would never, ever work at a Facebook or Google or a big company who pay on average, the median, uh, income, uh, is like something like 240,000 a year. Uh, they pay really well. I remember being a startup, having a great engineer I wanted to hire, and then Apple would just drop like a hundred grand a year more than what I can offer them and just steal them away. They have that to throw around, but it's really the only thing they got. Um, the people, uh, you know, that would never want to work there is because they, they want to have a bigger impact. They don't want to be sort of a cog in a wheel. Right. And so there's, I think there's ways to sell against that no matter what your size is. If you have a good culture story and a, and, and a good uh, a mission that you believe in. And because people, especially the younger generation are very, very much driven by, by a mission and purpose and, and, you know, making impact, whether that be small impact on a community um, or, or a company or a larger global impact, especially. Well, and I like this idea of what you're talking about here with differentiation setting yourself apart, um, using this as a lever to, uh, to win over candidates that might naturally go someplace else, right? But also being able to win over the right type of people for your organization. Yeah. And, even and go then back. also win over your customers, right? Because the thing yeah. is, is, when you focus on winning over your people and you treat your people really well, they treat your customers really well. And then also your customers see like, wow, what a great company what a great company. Like who people just want to do business with companies that yeah. treat their people well, you know? Well, and, and this all ties back into what we had talked about at the beginning of you were talking about walking this back, right? You have a plan for your product. You've got a plan for your sales. You've got a plan for your marketing, but you don't have a plan for your people. Well, this starts to drive that idea of a plan, right? And it's so your, uh, a more active participant instead of just hiring and then letting the culture and the plan evolve around you, you're actually in the driver's seat. That's right. You're in control, you know, and, and that's what ultimately founders want to want to be right. They want to be in control of the, the product and the direction of the company. But if you don't have control on thinking practically about the culture that you want to have and the kind of people that you want to work at your company, you don't actually have control over your product or your marketing or your sales because um, you're just hiring for the skill you need and not the company you want to be. Right. Okay. So, Will, so let's, let's go down this, this rabbit hole, this idea of control. Okay. So, um, that's great. I've been listening. I'm bought on. I understand. This is exciting. Okay. Well, what do I do now? Like, I get the idea of being in control and developing a culture, but I'm a small team. I've just started. I'm starting to build. I've got a million other things to do. How do I, as a founder, what are the couple of tactical steps do I take to start doing what you've just been espousing? 
you hire project talent and we will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Like give the sauce away? Um, or, I, yeah, I mean, there, we have a, a specific uh, process of, of discovery and development um, and then execution that we follow through um, with, with clients. But a lot of it is just, um, and I'll be honest with you, it really does come to you. You can, as a founder and as a company, you can only see within your bubble. You need an outside perspective of someone to look in and put a mirror in your face. Sometimes um, you, you just do. Um, it, it, it. No founder on their own are is going to figure out that problem by themselves. Like, like I, I, I've tried to do it myself. I couldn't. I, I actually, I'm a consultant who hired a consultant who helped me be a mirror to me and help me think about how I scale my business. Um, and because I think every founder needs one, uh, you need, a, you know, every startup has a, a advisors, right? Um, they have VCs that, that coach and counsel and connect them. Right. Um, I think, you know, the, the first step is, is, is thinking of that, like, um, what, what's my mission? Um, what, what, okay. So we need to, um, grow revenue by X number, right? Cool. To grow that revenue, we need X amount of salespeople, right? Okay. Um, recruiting in itself is a numbers game, but some of the tactics it takes to hit those numbers is more of a science. Um, or, uh, uh, it's, it's more, um, it, it's, nor it's storytelling. And that's, that doesn't line up with math, right? Storytelling is, is your ability to create an emotional response. Right. Um, and so what what we try to help companies do when it comes to improving their hiring is help them be better at telling their story and their employee experience story specifically. Right. Um, and then when they're when they're great at that, um, the hiring part and hitting the numbers gets so much easier because you have the tools you need to do it. And so we come in there and we we talk to employees, the early employees, we talk to the C-suite and the founders. And we ask them things like, why did you, why did you come here? Um, why do you stay? How does the company's mission align with your own personal values and, and your own mission? Um, and what we start to find is these commonalities. And we talk to these people one-on-one -on -one individually. But what we find in every single case is there's these, com these common themes across every one of them. Um, and then that starts to become the sort of the pillars, the narrative. This is the brand narrative. This is sort of the, you know, the employee value proposition. And then you infuse that into um, the way that recruiters pitch candidates on the phone. And you do a great culture video that people that come to the career site or see your job descriptions will see and get excited about. And you, and that elicit an emotional response. We do this in marketing all the time, right? Like you see a great video and it, induces you to actually do a call to, and there's a call to action, right? Which is to buy, click that buy, right? On the hiring side, it's how do we elicit an emotional response for them to go, wow, that'd be a cool place to work for. Oh, wow. They're hiring for a skill set that I have. I, I, I'm going to click to apply. I'm going to apply or I'm going to reach out to someone in my network who works there and say, Hey, can you, you know, refer me in? Um, if people aren't aware of you and if you're not telling your story, those trigger points, because if you think about it from a marketing perspective, right, you think about it, um, you, you have the trigger and awareness phase, and then you, you're, you're, you're getting them, you know, it's kind of a see, think, 
do, right? You want them to see you as a, a potential employer. Then you want them to think about what it would be like if I actually did work there. And then you want to do something, which is apply, be referred in, reach out. You want candidates that are the right culture fit, that are emotionally moved by what you're doing to come to you because it's very expensive for you to go to them. You got a $500 a month for a LinkedIn job posting or Indeed posting. You got to spend tons of money on a third-party agency that you're going to spend 30 to 40% of an annual salary just to get one hire from. You know, um, you're going to have to hire, you know, uh, it just it, it's more expensive if you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why uh, w the firm that I build and the work that we do with, with customers, we pay for ourselves because uh, that, that hockey stick of hiring costs just get higher and higher every year. But we help these companies be more self sustainable to allow them to track talent to them. And that, 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 that upward motion of cost, uh, it, it's severely reduced over the, over a three year period. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and I love this idea of drawing people to you, right? Versus always having to go out and try and find them and then bring them in that everything you've talked about, even going back a couple of questions ago to this idea of this uh, brand story, this idea of this beacon of pulling people in and having people get excited about coming to you is resonating through everything from the strategy all the way down to the tactics. Absolutely. Because like, and the thing is, and what differentiates my background in, in our, in our, in my firm is that you, we've got typically if you need help with hiring or you need help with employer branding or you need help with, uh, with, um, um, strategy work, it, these are three different companies, three different stuff. Yes. Like, you, you know, you, you need help with recruiting. I'm going to call a third party recruiter. You need, I need help with branding. I'm going to call a, a marketing, marketing agency. Um, uh, you know, and the, the fact is, is that these things are, are interlinked and that you need a holistic approach. Like, so for, for with practical talent, what you get is you get amazing marketers helping you with your recruiting and amazing recruiters helping you with your marketing. Um, and that's what companies need. Um, and, and, and I think people are starting to see that, um, because our, our model has proven it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Will, these things always go faster than we would like them to. 20 minutes goes by like a drop of a hat. It does. Closing thoughts uh, mm -hmm. on the topics that we've been talking about today or anything that you're seeing that, again, resonates with founders as they start thinking about hiring, recruiting, culture, building their organizations. Go, this is your time to shine. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing to think about when it comes to hiring is, is, is thinking about uh, what are your values as a founder? What do you really care about when it comes to what you want people, what you want their work experience to be? Um, and that you have a lot of power um, to, to, to make that experience uh, something that you would want yourself. Uh, and I think a, a lot of founders get wrapped up in um, the money they'll make, the success recognition. Um, but when you really get down to it, when you, when you are selfless and in the way of, of thinking of I'm building something that's feeding other people too. Uh, and they have to feel really good about it and, uh, uh, as well. Um, I think then you have the right mindset to build something that is super lasting and not just something that you're going to build and just, you know, get acquired or sell in two years. 
Well, that's that fantastic. Great place to end. Thank you so much today. I loved hearing your thoughts about recruiting, the brand, the storytelling of it, this sort of marriage of disciplines of marketing and recruiting and building a business and building a culture. So spot on. So I, uh, I had high expectations for today and you exceeded all of them. So Will, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. That was fantastic. I really love listening to Will's point of view, his perspective. He's been at a number of companies and now going off and doing his own thing. He can truly sympathize, but also empathize of what it's like to be a founder, to hire people, to build and architect your talent, the culture of your organization. I love his point of view of you do one and another and another, and the next thing you know, you've got a culture on your hands. And if you're not paying attention, the culture happens to you instead of you designing and architecting it. And what's the repercussion of not having the culture that you want? If you'd like to follow Will, and I strongly suggest you do, you can find him on Twitter, and that's Will, W-I-L-L, and then Staney, S-T-A-N-E-Y. You can also find him on his website at proactivetalent.com. And from us, we'd love to have you hit subscribe, that little subscribe button on the podcast. Every week, you'll get a new podcast from us. We've got a year's worth of content ready to go, waiting in the wings to be delivered to you every Monday morning, 7 a.m. Just hit that subscribe button. You'll get great new content, like now we're on our fourth week of our talented recruiting series. Coming up in a few weeks, we're going to start talking about founders' DNA and what it takes to be a great leader as a founder. So for us at foundersplace.co, that's foundersplace.co, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. For past episodes, blogs, and more, visit us at foundersplace.co. That's foundersplace.co. And thanks for listening to the Founders Place podcast, the place where exceptional founders grow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.